on the Hard Rocker Sports Network from KTech 91.3. This is Hard Rocker Huddle, your podcast home for South Dakota Mines Athletics. Oh, Hard Rocker fans, this is Josh Van Valkenburg-Gernert. Today is our sixth episode of the Hard Rocker Huddle, and today I'm with head cheer coach Ashley Von Uh Just kind of starting out, Ashley, did you just want to go ahead and talk about, you know, uh, where you grew up initially, what life was like? Did you have any siblings? Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I actually grew up in South Dakota predominantly. I was born in Custer. Um, and then later we ended up moving to Hot Springs. Okay, well, uh, did you have any siblings growing up? Um, what kind of initially then? Were you in sports early on in life as well? So um, the sibling category is actually quite funny. I am, or was, an only child for about 28 years of my life. And um, for Christmas, birthdays, Easter, anything that you could ask for anything for, I asked for a sibling. And um, my parents just could not have um, more children. So um, after my dad passed away in 2013, um, I found out that I actually am not an only child. I have an older brother. He's about, depending on the time of year, eight or nine years older than me. Um, And I found him in 2018. So I was definitely raised an only child. Um, You can tell that in my personality a lot. Um, I loved sports, every single one of them. Um, And I was good at them, so it helped. Sure. I, I just wanted to go back and touch on that. What what was that kind of process like, finding out you had a long-lost brother? And, I mean, what is that relationship like now? Do you still keep in touch? And For him, I obviously can't speak. Um, he was adopted uh, right when he was born. Um, for me, it was the most amazing thing ever. I want to say in 2017, um, my husband had been deployed And he told me that if I wanted to further my search for my brother, that um, we could hire a private investigator. Um, In that moment, I kind of got scared because I realized that he may not know he was adopted or he may not want to have anything to do with me. And I'm an only child, so I like to have things about me um, a lot. So it scared me to the point where I actually decided that it wasn't worth the money and the time and the effort. So instead, my husband got me a Ancestry DNA test for Christmas. And funny enough, my brother's wife actually got him one as well for Christmas. So all of those anxieties that I had about finding him and him not wanting to be found went wayside because he was the one that initially emailed me. Um... I don't think he necessarily wanted to have a relationship, but I think once we spoke and he knew how much I wanted him my whole life, um, being the good big brother that he is, whether he wants me or not, he makes me feel like I'm very wanted as a sibling, so he's made all of that amazing for me. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story. Um, Then kind of jumping back a little bit, Growing up, you mentioned you played a lot of sports. Um, 
for me, you know, it was kind of different where I had three older brothers, so I was super competitive growing up. I just mm-hmm. I just was because they kind of pushed me and we were close in age. So what kind of brought out that competitiveness in you? Uh, when I was, uh, I want to say kindergarten or first grade, when they do that um, all-school track meet, um, I want to say a girl shoved me and I got sixth place, and I was really excited about a ribbon. And my dad gave me a hug, and he said, um, you did good, but we like red and we like blue. Blue is best. So um, I didn't really understand that concept at that point, but I knew that first and second was red and blue. Um, And my dad always kind of, my dad was an extremely good athlete, so I took after him genetically, and pretty much anything I tried, I was naturally fairly good at so um, and he always made little jokes like if you're not winning just picture a buffalo on your butt you know just little things like that that you look back and you're like that was so silly but I genuinely it worked and I was always very much in the lead (laughs) Uh, that that's funny just you know hearing whatever it is that might motivate people to so it's it's funny that just some little comment like that is what you know pushed it out of you Mm -hmm. um so you played multiple sports you mentioned so i'm guessing softball basketball um so i'm i'm really little in stature which you can tell um basketball was fun until all the other girls got tall and um when they would bend down and turn um that's where my face was so I realized at a pretty young age that I probably wasn't going to get past four foot 11 so basketball I could be a point guard um but I wasn't I'm not that tough I don't like getting black eyes so I decided that basketball was not good for me I was extremely good in track um I was really good in volleyball as well I have a lot of leg power and um spiking abilities so that was good uh they just didn't want me in the front because I couldn't block to save my life um I also did gymnastics which for my stature I did very well for um but ultimately it boiled down to track I wanted to do track all the time um and that just didn't fit gymnastics very well and uh track was perfect for cheer and dance because it the time of year that they were involved were just perfect sure i know in a previous conversation i had with you you mentioned i believe you started cheer in like eighth grade is that correct so what kind of initially drew you into doing cheer in the first place the uniform (laughs) um i love football and it was just really fun to watch the cheerleaders down there I think I did a camp of sorts in middle school, and I tried out for the cheerleading squad my eighth grade year, um, so it would have been the end of eighth grade, and I actually did not make it. Um, I am not super coordinated. That's why I'm really good at track. Um, So I had to work really, really hard. Our dance coach, which was also our cheer coach, said that if I actively participated in dance that she would put me on the cheer team and I worked so hard to get to the point where I could comprehend the eight counts that went with everything that was needed and after that cheerleading was just a love 
Um, yeah, and then while you were doing cheer and dance, did you continue track then as well through pretty much your whole high school career? I did. Um, I managed to qualify for state my eighth grade year, ninth grade, tenth grade. Um, I was offered one of those programs to where you run in Europe throughout the summer for, um, I don't know if it was all-star track teams I'm not exactly sure how it is but I do know that if you qualified for state um, and ran well in state that you would get this letter and you had the opportunity to to do it unfortunately my family did not have the money that is required for that and hot springs is not an easy place to you know raise the money for that kind of stuff Um, and then my junior year in cheerleading um, I got hurt, and I am extremely cautious when it comes to stunting because I was in a, I was a flyer, and I was in a split, and somebody dropped my um, leg. I tore my hamstring, my groin, and my quad muscle all at the same time, and that right there ended my track career 100%. Um, I could still manage to do cheerleading just fine. But the acceleration needed in short sprints, I still can't to this day. Um, So after that, I put all of my um, focus on cheerleading and dance because track was no longer an option. Just uh, touching on that, looking back, how how tough was that mentally to just accept that, hey, I can't be in track anymore, I can't run anymore? That was extremely hard. Um, I had had... um, the military after after taking your ASVABs if you do fairly well in those they're all over you um, so I had them looking at me for track um, and after that I basically lost all of that so it was extremely hard and I absolutely love track I have come to the point now in my life that um, I've learned that just because I can't accelerate doesn't mean I can't run So now I do like half marathons and I try and do long distance running, but that was definitely a hard process to go through when something that you love so much is taken over something silly that shouldn't have been and it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just, you know, teenage kids doing the best that they could. Yeah, and then uh, what kind of... And if you mentioned you really loved track, when did that kind of come into play too for cheer where you started to realize this is really, I really love this, I really enjoy dance? Um, it was probably my freshman year after I didn't make the football team squad, but I made the basketball team squad. Uh, I realized really quickly that because of my leg power, because of track, that jumps and kicks came very, very naturally to me. And I won, um, like, UCA cheer um, camp jump um, stuff and all of those that initially come down to leg power I already had because of track. So as much as I loved track and the competitiveness that it brought, um, it helped me so much in, in dance and cheerleading and Without track, I never would have had that. Sure, and then uh, from there, 
I know you mentioned previously you maybe had some opportunities to do college cheer, and you just kind of decided to go a different route. you just want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, when I was a senior in high school, we got to go to state for the first time. Hot Springs had not participated in that, and if they had, it wasn't any time that we could remember. And we had an amazing cheer coach that just wanted to bring our levels up as high as possible, so we did end up getting to go to state uh, my senior year. And with that, I'm assuming that they have recruiters that go to our um, state dance and cheer competitions. And I was asked by uh, the University of Wyoming um, if I wanted to come do a... I, they, they gave me a scholarship for cheer. I did choose to turn it down. I wanted to be an accountant or a hairstylist. And I realized really quickly that if I chose to be a hairstylist financially, I would be set earlier in life. And if I chose to be an accountant, even with a cheer scholarship, I wouldn't have had, I would have had, I would have started my life in debt. And the thought of that just really didn't sit well with me. Um, I thought if I chose to do accounting later, I could put myself through college with hair. And I never chose to do that because hair is where it's at for me. Sure. As an 18-year-old, that's a pretty uh, mature thought process. Even today, you know, there's a lot of 18-year-olds who are going to school. They don't know what they want to do until they're done with school. Now they're already in debt. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very mature, and obviously it worked out for you. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, going back to the stylist part of it, what initially when did you realize that you know hair was something you were passionate about and what maybe you would want to spend your future doing so my parents moved around a lot when I was young um, and for a short time we ended up in California and I had really long blonde hair and for some reason I thought it would be a good idea to cut it Um, my mom liked to watch soap operas and I got to watch Disney movies while she watched her soap opera that one hour of a day. And my mom came out of her room and found chunks of hair everywhere. And she swears to God that she caused an earthquake that day because she was so mad. My hair was to my butt. And it ended up past my shoulders. Um, it was a boy's cut, like a page boy. By the time we were done and... Apparently at that age, I knew that I was going to be doing hair, whether it be my hair, my Barbie's hair, or anybody else's. When when I got into high school, um, some of the most amazing experiences with cheer are actually had on the bus to and from wherever we go. And we made it to state in 2004. Hot Springs um, football team made it to state. And this was an exciting experience because I don't think that they had made it since the 80s at some point. So it was a really, really big deal. And I remember on the bus doing my hair and doing everybody else's hair. And it's a publicized event. It's on PBS. Everybody sees the state football game. And I wasn't really worried about people seeing me cheer. I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to know that I did hair for that. I need, <laughs> I want everybody to know that I did the hair on the cheerleading squad. So at that point, I was like, I absolutely need to go do hair because that was what was exciting to me. And then, yeah, you've been doing it ever since. So obviously, it you know, it worked out for you. Yes. 
Um, then kind of going from there, you were out of cheer and dance for a long time, right? So what kind of, did something click in your head that was like, hey, I just really want to get back to doing this again? Or how did that process? So after I graduated high school in 2004, it kind of fell on the wayside, kind of. I would still attend high school football games um, knowing that the Hot Springs girls were cheering just because when you're a cheerleader, I feel like it's a personality trait. Once you're a cheerleader, you're always a cheerleader. Um, so even though I didn't know the kids necessarily in schools anymore, I still felt very strongly that they needed support. Um, I would go to the high school football games at Douglas. I would go to the one or at Box Elder. I would go to the ones in Hot Springs and Custer. If my husband and I had a free moment, I would still go. So it never necessarily went away. Um, and then in 2007, I had a daughter, and I was like, ooh, maybe she'll be a cheerleader. And in 2013, she wanted to try cheerleading with the Black Hills Youth Football League. <clears throat> As a parent, I kind of let her do her thing. And in kindergarten, first grade, it is like wrangling kittens. And I noticed that the cheerleading coach... Um, she had things under control, but she definitely could use help. So I asked her if she would like to help. I told her that I had cheered in high school. I still had all my cheerleading shoes and all that. So she was like, oh, my gosh, if you want to help me, I would absolutely appreciate it. So that was my daughter's. I want to say she was in first grade um, when she showed an interest. And then after that, I just started coaching from 2013 until 2019. Um, in the Black Hills Youth Football League. Yeah, and eventually you became, like, the head coach, correct? Yeah. So what, what, was the, what happened there where you became the head coach? It is really hard in youth sports to have anybody that is willing to commit time and effort to a program that they don't get paid for. And I don't care if I get paid for things uh, when it comes to cheerleading. Because in my mind, the most important thing to teach young girls is to be good people, to have confidence, um, but most importantly for them to realize that if they're cheering on the sidelines, other people are watching them, other children are watching them, and you need to be the best person that you can possibly be because other people are watching you, and knowing that kids didn't necessarily have somebody telling them that was really important to me. I um, I want to say that we had our head coach, I think she just got burnt out. So I decided that I could be the head coach and in that I had 42 girls that year. Um, I made folders for all of them with all of the cheers in them so they could go home and practice. Uh, this was all out of my own pocket because I just thought it was very important for them to know. I had parent meetings at the beginning of the season and I told all of the parents the same thing. I want good people on my team. I don't care if they're the best at the sport. I care that they're a good person. If they're bullying, if I hear anything about that, they will no longer be on the team. Um, and that's a pay-to-play league. So I took that very seriously. Obviously, I had to allow them there, but I did not have to make them cheer. I could have them sit beside me. And if they were going to be 
the type of person that bullied because they had a cheer uniform on, they were not going to be on my squad, and that was that. Um, I got really lucky with all of those kids. They took what I said to heart in front of me, at least. I'm aware that kids have their own minds and their own lives, but while they were in front of me or anywhere around me, they always made sure to help each other up as opposed to bring each other down. So that was kind of the most important thing in my mind when I took over was just making sure that it was a stable, caring environment that these kids knew how to be a good person and, and in turn for me to treat them that way as well. Uh, yeah, when, so what kind of age groups was that working with? You know, where I grew up, we didn't really have cheer until pretty much the high school level. And that is exactly how I grew up as well. Um, but this age group, they go between the ages of kindergarten, so five, to sixth grade, so all the way up to 11, 12 years old. Uh, and I was the coach for all of them. So you can imagine it was hard to wrangle the kittens while also being having a hard enough, um, I don't know, just set of, of, of standards and, and competitions and stuff for these older girls to be able to even want to be there Um, because we did compete we had a cheer competition every year which is actually how I got started with the School of Mines because they would help us with our camps every year and they would then um, come in and be our judges at our um, dance and cheer competitions so that was a lot of fun getting to know the college aspect of things versus just the little ones because the little ones you have parents to deal with um, and little attitudes and personalities and them learning who they are as people Uh, so that was definitely fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe a little more challenging than the college level it was absolutely and parents are very I don't think they quite understand how hard coaching can be you want everybody to be the best that's just how it is as a coach and you want to be proud of every single one of them and I always was but there was also points where if a child actively chooses not to practice um, that's not the team's fault and the team shouldn't be punished for one individual having issues so if I would uh, move a child back or ask them to sit out parents would get extremely unhappy with me and I just had to stand my ground and say you know, they look amazing doing it. They just need to work on these few things, and that would put us in a lot better position because I will never tell a kid that they're not good because they are good. They just need to apply themselves to make it better. Sure. And then after the Black Hills Youth Football League, did you continue to do more volunteering in a different organization? I did. I um, After I headed the Black Hills Youth Football League, I was in charge of like 12 different cheerleading I want to say squads but each squad was also split into three areas so there was a lot um, to go there and I just really needed to make sure that everything was going the way it needed to so I didn't coach at that point I was just making sure everybody else was doing their job and then in 2019 my daughter was then in seventh grade in the high schools or the high school level dance you can try out to be on a dance team in seventh grade for the high school level. So 
she tried out for this and made it. And I was at a Culver's doing um, my job as a parent, you know, the fundraising stuff. And the dance coach that they had at the time overheard me talking about my experience in dance and cheer. So she kind of recruited me to be her assistant coach. Um, at that point, the way that the high school level works is you have to have so many students on your squad in order to be considered a paid um, coach. At this point, I think we were one shy of me being able to be paid, uh, but that was okay. I took all of the courses needed to be a certified high school coach, so I had everything that I needed for it. And like I said before, I don't necessarily care about the pay. It's more about the fact that I get to be a part of this and knowing that hopefully my personality and my wisdom will help these kids later on in life is enough for me. So from 2019 and 2020 through COVID and all of that, I was in that helping slash volunteering position in 2020, the Douglas High School got an amazing dance coach, um, and she came with an assistant coach as well, which was really wonderful for me because then I could actually be a parent instead of a coach, and that is one of the reasons I chose to apply here was because my daughter deserves to have an awesome coach mold her life like I had, and I'm her mom. I can mold her at home. I want her to have, be able to experience that. My coach said, and I loved how she brought this up or whatever. I wanted her to have that relationship with somebody that wasn't just me. Sure. Um, so what, besides what you already mentioned, what did draw you to decide, hey, I want to maybe try being a college cheer coach? I definitely love the fact that it is predominantly sideline cheer, and because of my past experience um, getting hurt in stunting, I love sideline cheer because I know it's safe. Um, I also love the fact that you have the ability to stunt, it's just not always at the top of your priority. So that was one of the big things that pushed me towards it, and my husband is an extremely um, supportive person. And he knows how happy cheerleading makes me. So when he saw that this position was open, he strongly encouraged me to apply for it. Um, so that was really nice that he always kept an eye out for something that's going to make me happy. Yeah, and then when you got, obviously college cheer can be a little different. Some place, obviously we don't have competitive cheer. Mm -hmm. So as a program, how do you kind of, obviously you want the girls to have fun too, but how do you kind of recruit to a team that doesn't compete? And then kind of how do you, like, what do you use as a barometer for success and things like that? So for success, I have kind of come to the conclusion that success to me is their attitude, um, the ability to have them stunt, and the ability to keep our athletes happy and wanting to still be in the program. Um, someday, I think it would be a lot of fun to compete. Uh, but because I have been in the cheerleading world for so long, I have come to realize very quickly that 
there is no money in cheer, whether it be the kindergartners or whether it be the college students. So not only do we have to build a team that is capable of competing, but we also have to figure out how, as an organization, um, we can do the fundraising needed to even take us anywhere. Because when I started this job, the first thing I did was look at where we would compete and how we could compete. The closest competitions that I found were Iowa, Colorado, and then Texas. So those are obviously expensive places to get to. So that is, it's on my to-do list. We just need to get there, and I am more than willing to take the time needed to figure it out. It's just going to take a little bit of time. As for recruiting, it's really hard to recruit when we do offer a small amount of money to those um, individual athletes that do cheer. It's not enough to woo somebody to our college, so luckily for the School of Mines, our academic program woos them for me. And then all I have to do is look for that personality. Um, we went to a student org fair, and I love my cheerleaders. They are amazing. Their personalities are, <laughs> they're amazing. And they would see men walk by and say, wow, you look like you could throw a girl up in the air. And the men would be like, yeah, I could, I could absolutely do that. So that was one way that we um, got some men to join the team. And as for the women that join, I think a lot of it has to do with the athletes in general saying, hey, we do have a lot of fun at cheer. You should really come try this out. So when I started, I believe we had 13 um, on the roster. And by the end of football season, I did have 17, uh, which is awesome. I am down to, I want to say, 11 to 13, depending um, but that is because it is basketball season, and I can't have more than eight individuals on a court at a time um, per NCAA rules, and uh, actually all all rules state no more than eight on the court. So um, having a smaller team is absolutely good for me. So th that's not really necessarily a bad thing, um, but I would definitely... For football season, I would like to see between 16 and 20, and for basketball season, I would like to see between 14 and 16, just to make sure stunting can happen. Sure. And then what What are the, you kind of mentioned eventually trying to maybe get to competing and trying to get to 16 to 20 consistently. What are kind of the steps to get there? Obviously, you mentioned you can't really recruit high school cheerleaders, so you're kind of dependent on, is something you look for maybe people who are here who have high school cheer experience or is there a lot of teaching from there's a lot of teaching I currently have on my squad maybe five that have cheerleading experience from high school the rest of them are all learned I do have um, a few girls that have contacted me asking about the cheerleading program they are graduating this year and then they would like to come in for the fall um, my criteria for being in cheer is a positive attitude and the willingness to learn. Um, obviously, I would love to have um, kids with cheer experience, 
Um, but coming to a school like this, sometimes the athletic part of things just isn't there because they focus so much on their academics in school that and a cheerleader can absolutely be taught because it is 100% attitude and the willingness to want to learn. Uh, so I'm really not necessarily worried about that part of it. But if we did want to compete, um, I'm a fairly laid-back person. Uh, as long as they look good and feel good, I'm not going to get after them for a lot. But camp before the school starts it would be a whole different ball game. Yeah, um, cheerleading camps can be a pretty big, you know. When I was in, even when I was in high school and college, there were just huge, with hundreds of cheerleaders, and they would have. You know, college coaches there. It was almost like any other sport camp would be. Yep. But that, again, that's a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of... It is. That. It's a lot of effort put forth by everybody involved, really. I've gone to UCA cheer camps, and those are amazing, but those are all put on by college students. So it's quite interesting when you stop and you want to build your program but you're already at the college level, it is a hard concept because you don't have adults coming in to teach you things. They are all the same age. So then you look at the, the situation in general, you're like, do I want a UCA camp coming? Uh, do I want another college that I could potentially end up competing against later, be teaching me? And then how does that college also feel about coming into that situation? So... It's definitely an interesting one. I am going to a coaches convention in Las Vegas this summer, I believe. And that is one thing I'm going to bring up at the convention because it's mainly for high school um, coaches, but they also don't have college coaches conventions for cheerleaders. I'm sure they do. I'm just unaware of them. Uh, but in my opinion, that's a way to get to know a lot of the local coaches for cheer so if any of them know that their cheerleaders are coming to mines then they can say hey I know the coach there you should ask her yeah and another thing it seems like just I don't obviously I'm not well versed in the cheer world but you know it seems like a lot of the schools that do compete are those like huge like University of Minnesota University of Iowa mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a lot of like Division two or smaller schools that do compete in cheer. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot that I've, I have tried to do my research on it, but there really isn't a whole lot, and I think that's why you'd have to go all the way to Iowa for it or Colorado. And when I do look it up, I look up Division two cheer um, competitions and that kind of stuff, but there's really not a whole lot. And when you know that you aren't financially able to do it um, when you do all the research for it you kind of have to take a step back and say okay I'm not ready for that let me get the knowledge behind me and then I can try and go forth to make the program bigger and better in baby steps <laughs> sure sure and uh, what was your kind of inspiration to you know your coaching style or the way you're building this program was that based on a coach you had or was that based on how where did you get that from 
So when I was in high school, I had the pleasure of being coached by uh, Misty Pakula. She is an amazing cheer coach. She still coaches in Gillette um, for Thunder Basin, I believe. Um, I, when we stepped foot on the field for the first time for cheer and dance camp, she told us what I tell all the kids. I want you to succeed in everything that you do, but I want you to be a good person while doing it. And because this was high school, she was a middle school teacher. Her husband was a high school teacher and he had us, that poor, poor man, had all of us cheerleaders um, from freshman year, I believe, to junior year. So he had us all of the time and she absolutely asked our teachers who we were as people in school. Uh, so we couldn't get away with the whole, yes, Coach P, we're awesome, we're good people, because she would actually check. She would look at our grades. She would um, assess the situation. She would ask about the cliques that were in the school. She would say, hey, when we get a new student, how do we treat them? And the answer was always the same. You know, you make them feel welcome. You make them feel comfortable. And you don't ever give that stereotypical, I'm just nice because I'm a cheerleader. You genuinely had to be a decent human. And she did take people off of her team for that. And I loved that about her because it it's kind of one of those fake it till you make it situations. You can pretend to be somebody for only so long before you are actually that person you're pretending to be. So uh, when I coach, I absolutely have her in the back of my mind asking, you know, should you talk to them that way? Should you ask those questions? Um, and she was so proud of me when I got this job. Uh, she was one of the first people to reach out. And so I still have a relationship with her. And I just think that she's one of the coolest people. And I want to be like her. <laughs> Uh, just jumping back a little bit, uh, you kind of mentioned uh, building the program and baby steps. I'm just curious, you know, what do those kind of steps look like? Like what is, have you, are there things you've already been able to accomplish that maybe are on that list? And then what are the kind of the next short-term steps maybe look like? So the first thing that we actually have accomplished, and that's just getting to the point where the girls, or the squad, because there are men, um, where the squad can stunt again uh, and there are baby steps in stunting they already had a very good um, knowledge base of where they were as a squad so when I stepped in and they are adults this is a very important thing to realize when you are coaching college athletes they are adults so when I came in um, they had been without a coach for about a year so this football season, I wasn't super bossy. I came in, I said, these are my expectations of you, and I expect you to do them. But aside from that, uh, I let them do how they were doing because they did fine. Um, as the season progressed, I'm like, okay, I don't care for this. We're going to change that. Um, I want a little more structure. I'm used to coaching um, kindergartners which means I am very type A. I have everything planned out. I did not go into coaching college planned like that because I did not want them to ever feel like I was belittling them as adults. I wanted them to feel empowered versus me trying to belittle them. 
Um, although now that I know the structure, it doesn't matter if they are in kindergarten or if they are in college, there needs to be a plan and it has to go the way you need it to go. <laughs> so I have taken that approach away. I am very much, this is what we're doing at 6 a.m. This is what we're doing at 6.15 a.m. Uh, so the little steps, we, we are there. We have got to stunt. Uh, the next step would be building the stunts to a higher level and I would really like to bring in like one-man stunts. Uh, we are working on that. I actually do have a friend in Texas who won the uh, one-man stunts in like 92, 93, and 94 and he said that he would be willing to come in and do a stunt camp with us. But he does live in Texas, so yeah. it has to be on his timeline, whatever works for him. So I'm pretty excited to bring that in. The men are extremely excited to bring that in. The women are absolutely capable of doing one-man stunts, uh, but the men are a lot more excited about it than the sure. women are. Sure, it gets to show off their strength a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely. <laughs> we have actually this one, you start in a shoulder sit, and the men flex their forearms, and the women stand up on the men's forearms so all of the women's weight is on just the men's forearms it is the coolest thing to watch and the look of pride on the faces of the people basing are just phenomenal yeah that's see i didn't even know that was a thing so i'm i'm learning stuff too right <laughs> um so we're pretty much uh wrapping up i just had uh, one more question for you just in terms of balancing yeah i know you're mom to three kids right two kids sorry mm -hmm. uh you practicing every morning pretty much at 6 a.m. Got <laughs> 18 or so doubleheader basketball games every Saturday for football. How do you how do you balance that all? Uh so having a business uh is actually a nice way out of it uh because I make my own schedule. I can do as I wish when I want. Um as a parent, it is a lot harder because I do have a son that loves sports as well and then I have a daughter that is in um, competitive dance competitive cheer uh, so that one that one is a little bit harder for me because uh, competitive dance and cheer is actually during football season um, competitive dance and cheer also typically are on Saturdays which is also when our football games are uh, that one is it, it has been getting um, hard to figure out but where there is a will, there is a way, whether I have to watch it online or whatever, I will absolutely do that. Um, but it's also a really important uh, thing to watch all the competitive dance and cheer because then I'm still getting to see what is going on in that setting so then I know what to bring back to the college. So that works really well. Uh, basketball season has definitely been interesting. She's also in and cheerleading in basketball, so... Um, yeah, it is. It's definitely been um, kind of hit and miss, but usually there's a way to finagle things. Whether I have to leave a little bit early or whether I have to have practice at a different time, we've moved practices. the The squad hates morning practice, um, and I love morning practice. I am a morning person, so uh, we have now gone down to a morning practice and then some evenings. Uh, 
So hopefully um, as my career in the cheerleading um, coaching field goes, with each year it will get easier and easier because I will figure out my routine. <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, the biggest part is just, you know, in any really anybody in college athletics, we're it's just a busy, busy life. So it's important it really to be is. able to, you know, balance with family and – it's a learning process. Even I, mean, I struggle with work-life balance, and it's it's a, definitely a learning process. It is. You'll notice a lot of times I will have my daughter with me just because uh, she enjoys cheerleading, so it's kind of fun for her to be able to watch what I do, and it's fun to see her go, that's a really good idea. We should try that. I'm like, yeah, it is a good idea. Thank you. All right, thank you so much for joining us today, Ashley. Uh, this has been the Hard Rocker Huddle. I'm Josh Van Valkenberg-Gernert, signing off.